This is 105.9 The Region with your stories. The good news in our neighborhoods, our cities, our country, and beyond. This is Good to Hear. Well, this is good to hear. Aaron McFadden is a high school teacher in Peterborough. When he's not teaching class, he's living outside to raise money and awareness for homelessness. And Aaron McFadden joins us on Good to Hear. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Thank you. So how did this start for you? What was the inspiration behind, I'm going to live outside and experience something that a lot of us are experiencing these days, not having a place to live? How did it all start for you? Well, I've been very fortunate. I have had a lot of you know, wonderful educational adventures in, in my lifetime as a teacher and a student and done things. And, and last year was a sabbatical year for myself and, and for my family. And uh, one of the things that I had planned was like a winter camping trip. So I had a winter camping trip last year planned for a week and it got canceled because of COVID. Uh, so disappointed, uh, but still wanting to do something with my, with my time and my money and my energy. I decided to donate the cost of the winter camping trip to the Peterborough Youth and Family Emergency Shelter. And I was just going to camp out in my backyard for something to do, you know. So I threw all my efforts into camping out for one week and learning as much as I could about, you know, at the beginning we have the term homelessness. And as my eyes were opened, uh, I learned a lot more. We, I could now use the term the marginalized community to be more open-minded and, and maybe a better word. And I put all my efforts towards that. Um, but then one of the things I realized last year in going through that was, was breaking down those stereotypes of what homelessness is. Uh, homeless people have, have money, they have jobs, they have family, they have friends, and that's happening every day in our society. So when it came back to this year to think about doing the sleep out again, having a job was, was no excuse to cop out. Uh, that's maybe something I learned last year. So I decided even though this year I'm working, it's not some, some fun little fundraiser I'm doing. The youth emergency shelter, they got to pay the, the rent and the utilities every month, every year. That, so I decided like I, what I learned last year told me or taught me I should do this again. So I decided to do the one month sleep or one week sleep out this year uh, from seven o'clock at night till seven in the morning, Super Bowl Sunday till like family day Sundays the next week. The first night was horrifying hours outside, just bivouacked into a tent and a shelter in my backyard and just survived the night for seven days in a row and you know we were really nice the, the people in the Peterborough they in the community they really were supportive we raised about thirty three hundred dollars in a week uh that's from me doing something extreme and other people appreciating that and, and donating their money and now that that week is over we're now looking at planning a day on March 25th uh where people can now participate in a one-night virtual sleep out where we can kind of celebrate some of the things that we've done, learn about some of the things in our community. And so really for me to do the, the one week sleep out, that's a challenge. I'm a pretty challenging guy. I like that. And, and, you know, friends and family in our community stepped up and we raised a bunch of money for that. So that's really good. But now we're working towards a night on the 25th where, you know, more people can join in on the efforts and, and, and share with celebrate some of the things that we do in our community and uh, share in our success. And, you mentioned you had uh, had a rough go there for a bit. What was it like, the experience living outside? We've, we've had some pretty pretty cold days and, and, and nights, and you must have been cold. You must have been maybe bored, maybe lonely, maybe scared. What was it What was it like for you? Well, bored and lonely was later on in the week. I was too scared and frightened and horrified. Super Bowl Sunday was minus 28. It was horrible. I spent most of the night just like clutching the little the little heater we had in the backyard we had the fire like a fire thing outside so i was putting the logs in there and like practically hugging it by the by two o'clock in the morning 
Uh, then minus 28, I crawled up into the little little shack that I'm sleeping in and just you just hang on till morning, till the sun comes up. Yeah. It was a horrible night. Every other night was kind of boring, and, <laughs> but that one was just frightening and scary, and you get through it. What's been the one big takeaway for you with regards to some lessons you've learned? I mean, you do have a little bit of warmth. You do have some shelter, and there are people who don't have warmth, don't have shelter. They have nowhere to go. Uh, what's been the big one takeaway for you with, with what some of these people are experiencing? Well, well, two things it does there. It kind of takes you in two different directions, being being kind of alone and having that that struggle of a time. One, I realize how lucky and, and, and privileged and, and, and wonderful I am. I've got a beautiful family inside that are looking after my clothes, and I've got I got a job to look forward to that I enjoy, and I got these kids. So there's so many positive things in my life that you know I get a lot of time to take for granted for that, you know, and hard to appreciate that. But then the other thing that really was very very strong and People are doing this. There's a lot of people in our society that are living in a marginalized community, living under duress, living under difficult conditions. And maybe we learn a little bit of patience and maybe we learn how to treat people with, you know, a little bit of equity and compassion instead of maybe judgment. And, you know, I'm a teacher, so we want all of our little kids to achieve something. Not everybody comes from the same house every morning, you know? So it just teaches a lot makes me learn patience and it makes you realize it. As a teacher, you must take these lessons that you're learning and kind of pay it forward and with, with teachable moments. And, and, and how, does that, how does that look for you and, and the people that you're gathering with? Yeah, well, my little, like my little kids are four, seven, and nine. So my daughter, who's nine, she just turned 10, she participated in the Meaning of Home contest. So that's a writing contest for Habitat for Humanity where, you know, for every entry is $10. So we used to, I used to complete that in her school and work with that in my school's teaching elementary. But for my little daughter, we had to talk about what is a home. And even though I'm in a little shack outside, they had their toys in there. So I could feel it's not a house, it's, it's a shelter, but I could feel homey. So it really helped her recognize that, you know, the meaning of home is more than just the building. It's that comfort and that, that warmth around you. And I had a great conversation with a, a friend who came over one night. His daughter's 22. Their conversation is, will she ever be able to afford a home in her lifetime? You know, and that's just, that's just taking that simple conversation and stepping it up a few levels. Uh, the other thing is, when we look around in our community, and I look in the community of Peterborough, and, and I know in, in Toronto, Covenant House does something similar to this. There's so many wonderful organizations which are here to help and assist and educate. Um, and as we start kind of collecting all that and seeing what's out there, we can really celebrate all the good work we can do. And again, as a teacher, like I didn't, I didn't donate any money yet to the cause this year. I put in my time and my effort and we'll put money in, but we know we need money to solve some of these world's problems. But we also know that we as people need to engage in that critical thinking and open ourselves up to how we solve these problems creatively in the future. Because my kids and my students and my friend's kid who's 22, they're going to have to face these challenging conversations later. Talk about the foundation you've been working with too, Aaron. You've raised over $3,000, which is twice your goal. Uh, they're called YES. That's their acronym, Y-E-S. It's a shelter for youth and for families in Peterborough. Talk about all the great things they do. Yeah, they do a lot of really good things. When you first think about it, it you think about a place where a young kid or maybe a, a young mother or a young family with small kids can go in the, in the case of an emergency. So there's, there's a physical building which will provide warmth and safety and security for those people. So that's, that is step one. But 
in, in Peterborough, it, it's gone so much far beyond that. It's not just paying the bills to keep that, that house open. They have an extensive education program. Uh, they have two students that are contracted with our public school board that work through there to help students through this difficult time. They have an entire education program to get people back into housing, to help them transition out of a stressful situation, back into something that they can, they can be comfortable with. And it's not just there's a shelter where you can go, but the shelter also has to have programs to rehabilitate people and help them move back in to be functioning members of our society because that's what we, we needed in the first place. So, you know, when I said we were able to raise some money to pay the bills and keep the lights on and, and keep the water flowing, uh, they do a lot more than that. They, they help those people reintegrate themselves in, into, into our society. And, and they, they do it in a way that the people aren't going to be able to quit. Uh, they're going to feel like they are empowered to take those steps forward. Yeah. It can be a pretty tough world out there if you don't feel like you're getting help or you're getting support. And they do that for people. Aaron, you know, we need more people in the world like yourself. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Aaron McFadden, our guest. Aaron's a high school teacher in Peterborough who's been living outside when he's not teaching class uh, to experience what it's like being homeless and raising some awareness and some money. Thanks a lot for doing this, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you for getting me, FC McGwetch. And uh, look, we, obviously we need people to get the word out as well, too. When I first did this all by my, I was going to do this on my own by myself. Very sad. But if we get enough people talking about this, that's a much happier future for all of us in, in terms of this issue. Thank you. And just to let you know, you can find the link to the event coming up on March 25th on all the social media platforms on 105.9 The Region. And that's good to hear. I'm Craig Robertson on 105.9 The Region. Good to hear. This is the good news. Well, there is no doubt that the York Region Food Bank does an incredible job and supports so many individuals and families in York Region. But they really do depend on their own volunteers to make things happen. And this is so good to hear about one of their volunteers in particular they brought to our attention. Her name is Emma Dagger, and um, she is uh, from Aurora and has taken it upon herself to help the food bank after hearing about their need. Hi, Emma. Hi, Kevin. How are you? I am well. So what brought you on board with the food bank? I read an article uh, just over a year ago in a local paper about the 50% increase in first-time food bank users since the start of the pandemic. And it was really hard for me to get that number out of my head. I felt the need to do something about it. Yeah, I mean, we we hear about these things all the time. And I think in the back of our mind, we're always saying, oh, I wish I could help. I wish I could help. Well, you actually got up and helped. What did you do? Yeah, I mean, uh, it was during the first lockdown. So if there was a time to start something, that was it. I I really only had my commitment to school, um, which was all online. So I went around to a few local businesses that were still open And I asked them if they would host donation bins for the Food Bank of York Region. Um, All of them jumped right on board with that. And since then, I've been going around uh, once a week, picking up the donations and dropping them off at the Food Bank. And in fact, as I'm speaking to you right now, you just got back from a trip. I did. Yeah, I just got back. So what what were the donations like today? Today was a good run. It was about 50 pounds of food. this is actually on the lighter side. Typically, an average runs about 200 pounds. So it varies every week, but um, 
overall it adds up. And I do believe last we checked, um, in the last year, I've collected just over 9,100 pounds of dry goods. Yeah, and uh, that amounts to over $20,000 in food donations. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's pretty amazing. That is, It is amazing, and this isn't the only organization you volunteer with. Uh, no, it's not. I volunteer with uh, Shelter Movers. They provide moving and storage services for women uh, fleeing abuse. Wow. And you're a trainer. I am, yeah. So you're very much into physical health, but also into the mental health as well, I presume. Oh, yeah. Um, health in general is the, is a like a rounded approach. So without one, in my opinion, you don't have the other. So has this changed your outlook in any way this past year? How How has it made you grow? It's really drilled into me that if you have the ability to to do something to help somebody, you should. It, it's, it feels like it's a moral obligation that's continued to grow for me. Have you learned anything about the need in the community? It's much larger than I ever could have imagined. Uh, I'm fortunate to have grown up um, very comfortable. And uh, like I said at the beginning of this interview, that, that article about a 50% increase in first-time users hit home because uh, I think a lot of these people probably felt quite comfortable until they, they just didn't. And mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of them didn't, never expected that they would have to rely on the food bank. Um, so putting myself in their shoes, that's kind of what stuck with me. I do want to give a shout out because what, what you have done is you have sort of created your own network of people to, to have bins. Uh, and let me know if, if you think of, of if I've missed anyone. Uh, Life, uh, LifeSpring Physiotherapy, St. Andrew's Chiropractic and Wellness, Pro Motion Physiotherapy, Aurora Athletic Club, Cafe uh, on Andes, uh, Aurora Tigers, yeah. Pulsar's Gymnastics, Powell Construction, and Healthy Planet locations, three of them in Aurora, Richmond Hill, and Markham. So how <laughs> would, obviously you would encourage anybody who has some time to somehow get involved with the food bank. Yeah, and I, I mean, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to donate a ton of your time. You, you can spread the word of um, food insecurity and um, you can talk about, you know, where, you know, donation bins are, you can tell other people. And when they go into these stores or these businesses, if they've got something laying around the house, you don't even have to go out and buy something. I'm sure there's a can of something or a box of something that no one's really using or doesn't really need. And even a small donation makes a big difference. All right. Uh, if uh, you want to uh, get involved, you can go to FBYR. That's uh, Food Bank York Region. So FBYR.ca slash food or fun drive. Just, just go to FBYR.ca and, and there's lots of uh, opportunities to donate or to donate your time as well. So Emma, it's good to hear there are people like you and thank you for what you do. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for chatting with me. All right. Good to hear. This is the good news. I'm Glenn Perkins. Every year, the Office of Ontario's Attorney General recognizes the contributions of those who work to support people who have experienced victimization due to crime and raise awareness of victims' issues in Ontario. 
One of this year's recipients is from right here in York Region. Todd Morgenstein is a lawyer and lives in Thornhill. Todd, welcome to the program. Explain to me what it is that you have been doing for more than two decades that made you a recipient of the Victim Services Awards of Distinction. Well, Glenn, thank you very much for asking, and it's a pleasure speaking with you today. Um, I've uh, been uh, volunteering with the Yellow Brick House, which is an agency which helps uh, women coming from abused relationships in York Region. Uh, I've been uh, helping and volunteering there for a couple of decades, as you say. And uh, these days I'm uh, conducting uh, one-on-one pro bono legal clinic with uh, some of their clients whom they think might uh, benefit from speaking with a a family law lawyer. And how did all this start? Oh my goodness, quite by accident actually. Twenty-five years ago or so, um, I had an office, and uh, they opened up a small branch office uh, right across the hall from us. And as it turns out, we were each doing the same type of work, and we just uh, uh, got to know one another. And uh, I've been uh, helping out uh, since. Without giving out too much information, what are the stories that you're hearing? I'm guessing that you're speaking with people who are facing domestic violence, and for them, sometimes it's hard for them to leave that situation, whether it's due to lack of money, concern for safety of their children, or just knowing where to turn. Well, you're absolutely right, and uh, it's a particular concern, or perhaps a surprise to some, is that uh, the domestic violence issues, they seem to cross all sorts of barriers, economic barriers, uh, social barriers, etc. Uh, so there's a great demand uh, for uh, the Yellow Brick House services, and therefore, when I can try and help, that's what I try and do. Now, you have been volunteering at uh, Yellow Brick House for, for abused women and children for, as we mentioned, almost three decades. It's not just the clients that you're helping, but also those who support people that are facing domestic violence. Tell me about that angle. Well, absolutely. As I say to them, there's got to be uh, some benefit to them uh, for putting up with me. So what I try and do is I try and be a resource to them. Um, Sometimes it's helpful uh, for them to speak with a lawyer with some experience. And uh, they're in the field and I'm in the field and uh, I just try and help out. What is it that you get from this? What do I get from this? I get a, it's it's really very uh, almost selfish, uh, Glenn. Um, Volunteering to me, the benefits that I, that I get back is just wonderful good feelings, frankly, and it's a way for me to give back. We say a lot about giving back to the community, giving back to people, but I'm in a very privileged position where, in fact, I can uh, not only say that I want to, but actually uh, follow up with actions. So um, with the volunteerism, um, it gives me a good feeling uh, of accomplishment. And for your listeners, I would absolutely encourage all your listeners Give what you can. It's not only money, but it's time as well. There's tremendous demand out there, tremendous need for people from all walks of life uh, in order to help other people. And Todd, what piece of advice would you give anyone who finds themselves in a violent domestic relationship? Reach out. There are resources there. There are people who are there who are committed to helping you. Todd Morgenstein, recipient of the Attorney General's 2021-22 Victim Service Awards of Distinction. Thank you for your time today. Ben, it's absolutely my pleasure and thank you for your interest. This is Good to Hear on 105.9 The Region. Good to Hear will be right back on 105.9 The Region. Listen live at 1059theregion.com or 105.9 FM. This is 105.9 The Region with your stories, the good news in our neighborhoods, our cities, our country, and beyond. This is Good to Hear. 
Now, I bet you didn't know this, but our friends at Hydro One are also very, very active in the community, and they're part of something called Energizing Life Community Fund across Ontario, helping a lot of people, including people right here in New York region, to talk more about it. Thrilled to be joined by Megan Colley, Hydro One's communications. Megan, how are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you? Good. Uh, it, it's a great initiative. Um, who and why the Energizing Life Community Fund? How did this come to be? Yeah, so the Energizing Life Community Fund was uh, founded at the beginning of the pandemic to directly support the charitable organizations, um, Indigenous communities, and municipalities across Ontario that have been um, working overtime to enhance the well-being of their communities and meet local needs. Well, I, I, and I know that, the, I mean, it, it goes from A to Z, literally, when you look at the, the wide variety of different people you help with this fund, from Yellow Brick House in the region, from First Nation communities and all points in between, how did you, I guess, narrow it down with so many worthy recipients in the province? That is so true. There are so many incredible Indigenous communities, municipalities, and charitable organizations across Ontario. Um, our selection criteria really zoomed in on the initiatives that these um, communities and, and organizations put forward. Um, we were really looking for initiatives focused on improving community physical, psychological, and emotional safety, um, and a commitment to cultural to improving cultural diversity in their communities. Um, so our focus with the Energizing Life Community Fund is really building safe communities across Ontario. And, and I really get the sense, including one of the photos of, of a group from Tweed, it's this is really grassroots community people involved doing it for the, the good of the community that you're trying to help. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, last year, we had some really incredible organizations and initiatives come through the Energizing Life Community Fund. The one you mentioned in Tweed was an incredible fitness trail um, that the municipality there created for their their community members, um, which you know directly um, uh, encouraged outdoor activity and and got people moving in a different way, especially at a time you know during the pandemic mm. when um, connection was sort of faltering. So it really improved the social connection in that community, and um, Hydro One was very proud to support Tweed in that initiative. Uh, Megan, I guess for, from a professional and personal standpoint, it must feel great when you notify these organizations they're a recipient of part of the fund. Oh, yeah, they're they're very excited. And, you know, all of the organizations, Indigenous communities and municipalities that we work with through the Energizing Life Community Fund are doing some really amazing work. Um, you know, they're working on the ground. They know their local needs better than anybody else. So they're very passionate about the work that they do. And um, we're, we at Hydro One are very proud to to support them in that work. It's thrilled to be speaking with Megan Colley from the Communications Department of Hydro One about their fantastic initiative, the Energizing Life Community Fund. I, I guess for a lot of the listeners, Megan, just inform them. Maybe they don't realize, they think of Hydro One, you know, people working up and hydro lines and putting in power and all the, the big heavy construction work. But there is a lot of community work involved with Hydro One that maybe we're just not aware of. 
Absolutely. Hydro One has a deep responsibility to give back to the communities where we live and play. And we are very committed to supporting the physical, psychological and emotional safety in communities across the province. Um, so the Energizing Life Community Fund was really born of that. And um, we are very proud to to support the grassroots organizations on the ground that are building safe communities. And the other thing is, too, is, you know, we in southern central Ontario forget just how bloody big of a province we are. And Hydro One covers the whole province that are dealing with people from top to bottom, east to west. <laughs> That's absolutely true. It is a very large province. And um, I think you'll find if you look at the list of recipients from this year, we, we did select 24 Indigenous communities, charities and municipalities. And they truly are located, you know, in regions across the province, supporting cities big and small, communities big and small, um, and and building building that safety that uh, we are so proud to support here at Hydro One. If you want more information with this great initiative, you can go to the website hydroone.com slash energizing life to get more information. Uh, this has obviously been well-received and a huge success. What's the future hold for this, Megan? Oh, I think we're looking forward to continuing to, to provide support uh, through the Energizing Life Community Fund. Um, as I said, Hydro One is extremely committed to giving back to the communities where we live and work and play. And we're deeply committed to, to building physical, psychological and emotional safety in, in communities across Ontario. So any chance we can get to do that and support these incredible initiatives, um, we we are very excited to continue that support in the future. Well, Megan, on behalf of everyone here thank you to you and your staff for making a difference in the community here in the region and all across the province with this great initiative thank you so much and uh, as we like to say it's good to hear that someone in a corporate world is doing good for the community well done oh thank you so much uh yeah we really appreciate it and um we encourage everybody to to uh visit our website and learn more about the fund and how they can they can apply and, and as someone who goes to cottage country every summer, a special shout out to all your workers who work in the deep woods up there laying all those hydro lines. Oh, my goodness. That is work. <laughs> yes, we our crews are incredible. Um, they definitely, uh, you know, <clears throat> work through some crazy weather and um, they traverse some some really difficult terrain across the province. Um, they're a very dedicated group of people and we are extremely grateful to them for their, their dedication and their commitment to the job. Outstanding, Megan. Thank you so much for this and keep up the great work. Thanks again. Send us your good news stories at info at 1059theregion.com. This is good to hear.